You're not allowed to wear hats anymore, Michael. Hey, Cappy is a friend. A gentleman he, and a friend. You leave He him. took over your he took over your body and he tried to assimilate me out of invasion of the body snatchers. Hey, it was for the good of mankind. No, it was not. Everything was wearing a cap. The fridge was wearing a cap, the table was wearing a cap, the shower head was wearing a cap, your somehow every little needle I've seen nearby was wearing a cap. I don't like needles. I had to get rid of them somehow. Well, thank goodness we were able to handle it. It was all thanks to... Hold on, everybody! If you want to find out what happened to Tyler and Michael in between episodes of That Random Podcast Show, you can purchase these brand new patented That Random Podcast Show loot boxes! Why listen to a funny topical podcast show like regular people when you can experience it like a slot machine? Every box includes at least one bit of nonsensical background information or story beat about our hosts and their random adventures, as well as replicas of Michael's foxhood also available in an epic gold variant. And Tyler's Triforce Sweater. Pre-order now and you'll receive ten boxes right now along with the first three digits of one of the co-host's cell phone numbers where they'll talk dirty to you for an additional fee. Such amazing mysteries are yours to discover, such as when will the ghost be let out of its jar, the final result of the oncoming Fox Furry Cyborg War, the true origin story of the Candy Mantis, the actual contract signed by Joe Pesci for the Cookie Clicker movie and the ancient secret of selling your dignity and soul in order to go free to play whale hunting while acting like a poor impoverished CEO of a major corporation. That random podcast show loot boxes starting as low as $2.99 and as high as $100 for a pack of 50. Order now! Warning, may or may not be considered a form of unethical gambling. Hello, Internet! Welcome to the latest episode of, of that random podcast show thankfully we are not thankfully we are loot box free for now i am your host tyler chancy a man who wears his feelings and his passion on his sleeve and he's proud of it and with me as always is my ever steadfast and temperate co-host the fox man himself michael mosley how you doing man I have been less busy with that. You've been waiting a long time to use that opening, haven't you? <laughs> More snake oil than info wars because we like going for the top, everybody. So, yeah, it's been a while since we have um, uh, done this show, but before we get into the spiciness, let's uh, take, a, take a step back because um, we are quite uh, the media... Consumers, we have quite a diverse media diet most days, and there were a few things we missed because uh, certain things like travel, software issues, hardware issues, car issues, the insane obligation of trying to wrangle together a review team during holiday season, launch, 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 it gets in the way. So, uh, Michael, there's a certain, there's a certain uh, bit of a controversy that you have started up recently regarding a certain, certain couple of shows. So please, start. we'll start with you. Uh, how was your weekend? Let's start, let's start with that. How was your weekend? Uh, not too bad. Um, finally got around to making character sheets for um, um, Starfinder, Paizo's um, uh, uh, sci-fi space opera continuation of, of Pathfinder, you know, their uh, answer to uh, Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons and, Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, 
I, I had to front load. I actually had to like read a lot about the setting and the characters because you know I'm game mastering it, and it's it, it's a it's a lark because they very clearly showed where they got inspiration for a lot of their stuff. Like there's stuff that's clearly from Warhammer Forty Thousand stuff from Mass Effect, Star Wars, Star Trek, and the and the visual aids they had. Like that clearly looks like the Citadel, or that clearly looks like you know. You know, Holy Terra, or that looks like you know Starfleet, and I'm like, ah, see what you did there, Paizo. You know, it's it's that kitchen sink fantasy, you know, style, but it's done with science fiction stuff. So, and my players are usually good, good with uh, finding the fun. So, you know, we're gonna we're getting ready for some swashbuckling uh, space action. And uh, I've also been watching a bit of um, uh, Dot Hack Sign because. You know, that's finally available back on streaming services now because it's 15th anniversary. I'll talk a bit more about that later on, but uh, I have some thoughts on it. Uh, it's surprisingly interesting, so we'll talk about it 15 years down the line. And I reviewed Call of Duty World War II. It is mediocre. That's all I can say. Michael, what about you? So other than my computer going out, um, I've also been trying trying so hard to go back to movies to watch new ones i want to see orient of the train uh express uh murder oh murder Murder of the orient Orient express the latest uh, adaptation of the act of the christie murder mystery yeah i want to get i want to get to that because i missed thor ragnarok did not care for it and i'm gonna go see justice league because i oh i'm so sorry i still believe in dc I, i i want to i know people think that i'm a marvel fanboy or that we're both Marvel fanboys, because you know, other than <laughs> Thor Ragnarok which, and which, Age which of is, Ultron, which is which is really really bizarre, because when Wonder Woman came out, we both really liked it. So yeah, but apparently, you know, that doesn't count. I guess you have to like all of so, them. So just yeah, apparently you have to like all of them, or you're just a fanboy. But yeah, I'm hoping yeah. this is good. Although some of the stuff I've heard already about. Uh, certain things that they do in this movie that makes no sense or very little sense. I was like, um, yeah. Just for the record, I've looked at some of the early press buzz around Justice League, and the closest to a positive review I saw of it so far is that it is is that it does its best to be as inoffensive as possible. So you just you know don't you know ask for your money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I've heard, they played it safe, especially since uh, they Having- switched directors due to. Very big reasons. Yeah, uh, of course, the the big elephant in the room regarding the tragedy of the Snyder family, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers, of course, to Zack Snyder and his wife, Deborah, while they're still coping with that. But it's really funny you bring that, bring up that we're Marvel fanboys, because I actually did go out to see Thor Ragnarok, and I didn't really like it all that much. It's, it's really weird. It seems like uh, everybody just loves the new Thor Ragnarok because it's not as dull and serious as the first two Thors, apparently. And for me, that's where it's kind of weird because I, I'm actually kind of an apologist. I actually like the Thor movies just fine. For me, the first one hit just the right level of melancholy cheese but played it straight enough that I was willing to get into it. And I liked how they had Kenneth Branagh with their kind of doing the sort of ye old Shakespearean gravitas to it. Which, of course, if you're going to put Anthony Hopkins as the All-Father, you might as well lean into it. It was just the right level of cheese for me. But then Thor the Dark World was trying to be all dark and serious, and honestly, I can't remember half of what happened in that whole movie. Something, 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 uh, Christopher Eccleston is a dark elf, something, something, something. 
teleportation happens, something, 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 Thor hits him with the, hits him with his hammer, and then the credits rolled. I wish I was kidding. I barely remember anything from that. Oh, yeah, other than Loki faked his death, they made a big deal out of it, then he took over Asgard. That's basically all they gather from Thor the Dark World. Ragnarok goes, like, in the complete opposite direction, where it's basically... It's... It's annoying. It's... It, it, there's some good stuff in Thor Ragnarok. Like, there's some good elements to it, and there's some good themes to it, and there's some good parts to it. But otherwise, it's acting like it's a full-on comedy, but it, but it's doing it in the most shallow way imaginable. Like, the like Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is labeled fr- flat out as a comedy series. And yet, it can have stuff that, hap- that, that happens in them that can emotionally punch you in the feels and make you feel legitimate feelings of, you know, that stick with you. Ragnarok is like it's trying to be a serious story, but then they thought, oh, wait, let's not be too serious. Let's throw some hackneyed slapstick jokes in here at a bunch of side characters that are basically just there to, just there to be mouthpieces for more jokes, and let's dilute this a bit. And the weird thing is, there, there's supposed to be like a theme going on about how it's trying to find hope in the in the end of the world, but there's difference between hope and optimism and gratuitous slapstick and oh dear, I'm getting depressed now just thinking more about it. It's it's weird because people have labeled me as kind of, as kind of a Marvel fanboy, but when I went to see Thor Ragnarok, it was like suddenly I was on the opposite side because every single criticism people have labeled at the Marvel movies. They've been, they've been labeling, you know, leveling at them, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the heroes are too jokey, it's too lighthearted, it's not serious, it's trying not, you know, it's trying not to be, uh, every, every single criticism you can possibly have heard <laughs> applied to how I felt about Thor Ragnarok. Well, I mean, it makes sense is, because the, the, the uh, whole serious tone of the first two Thor movies is what made them unpopular with a lot of people. And they, I guess they just chose the wrong time to make Thor to this jokey, lovable oof. Um, and well, they, they, they started that with uh, with uh, the Avengers movies. He started becoming a lot more lighthearted. That's the thing, though. Like, I wasn't mad with how they were handling Thor. Thor was not a problem for me. It was... It was everything else. And... Uh, it, 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 it was just, like, every single... I think it had something to do with the audience I was with as well, because... Almost every other two minutes, people were laughing. Yeah, that can, that, can, because... that, can, that, that can become pretty annoying, especially if you find something that isn't funny and yeah. the whole audience is just going crazy for it. You're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm with the wrong crowd. Yeah, like, like, like there's some legitimately good, good stuff in there. Like, I'm trying to think of some non-spoilery stuff that happens. Like, the first encounter that Thor has with the Hulk, that's funny. That, that's funny because Thor tries to do the Age of Ultron you know, hypnosis thing on him. Hey there, big guy. Sun's getting really, really low. It looks like it's about to work. And then Thor, and then Hulk just grabs him to start slamming him around. <laughs> okay, well that that sounds okay. So actually, uh, for, before it, you go on about that, was the dynamic between uh, Thor and Hulk at least as good as they try to make it out to be? In the two scenes that that they actually have Hulk and Thor interacting with one another, it's good. For me, I wanted more. That, that that's my problem. There's the good stuff that's in that movie. I wish there was more of it. If they just cut, like, maybe the five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten or eleven or twelve jokes that didn't land and just let scenes breathe a bit more and just had more, had a bit more, some more character beats here and there, I would have found it to be a much better movie. Because there's something good going on under the skin of this movie. It's just that it keeps put, 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 putting on a clown, ma- 
a clown mask and honking a horn every couple of minutes. I'm like, will you just stop that? Just take them off, please. Stop that. And that's what really stopped it. Because as I said, you know, there's some good jokes here and there. I mean, once once again, going back to, going back to the big, you know, Hulk Thor, yes, in the gladiator room. Loki sees the Hulk, and I swear to God, you can see him flashing back to the scene in the Avengers where he's just slamming him around. <laughs> it doesn't actually that's actually one of my favorite parts. Yeah, Loki just has this, oh, crap, look on his face, and he actually says, I need to get off of this planet now. That's actually, I'm glad they at least kept the continuity of, uh, of Hulk and, uh, Loki. <laughs> of course. I also may, ha- I also need to confess this, I think I may also have a bit of a bias, because, um, uh, I am aware of the, uh, uh, the, uh, appeal that, uh, of, uh, Jeff Goldblum. And, uh, I know that, uh, given the right, uh, material, Jeff Goldblum can be, uh, really, uh, entertaining. But I, uh, I, I can, I can take him or leave him. And he kind of takes up the second act of the movie as the Grand Master. He's clearly having a ball. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. He's got some great stuff, but. I think but... Jeff Goldblum has a ball, like, all the movies he makes now. Like, I, I think he's at a point where he's like, yeah, I could just do whatever and just have fun with it. Cause a fun Jeff Goldblum. It makes a, a fun character, in all honesty. So the more fun he has yeah. with the character, the more fun you will probably have. And he's having he's having fun, and there's some good stuff in it, like I said. But he wears out his welcome a bit too much. I think he kind of overwhelms the movie a little bit too much. And but there but there's also some good stuff in there as well, like um, uh, Kate Blanchett as Hela, the goddess of death. She has some of the better moments in the movie, and I freaking love her. Like they actually do have a moment where she flat out strikes down an, an MCU continuity error. And I actually couldn't help, I couldn't help but break down laughing. It involves the Infinity Gauntlet that we saw in, in Odin's treasure room. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, so they actually addressed that whole, uh... That yeah. Whole thing. Oh, that's that's, that's yeah. good to know. It, it was it was really funny. It was like a quick one-off scene. Like, once again, these are non-crucial major spoilers at all because you're still going to go see it. You're going to still have a fun time. But it was like a scene where they're going through Odin's treasure room, and one of the guys sees the Infinity Gauntlet. He's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, fake, and just knocks it over. That's really awesome. I'm glad they did that. It, 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 <laughs> like it took them a few a... years, but I'm glad they did that. <laughs> it's a replica. Just you know, shoot that down. And for me, I think it's I think it's also an issue where, for some ridiculous reason, it kind of broke the cycle of a lot of the third of uh, movies of the MCU. Like Iron Man three, Tony Stark was dealing with anxiety attacks and PTSD after the events of the first Avengers, and he was, you know, trying to work through that while still being himself. You know, they tell some good jokes here and there. The third Captain America was Civil War and all the. World, you know, world changing stuff that happened with that ending with him coming to blows against Tony Stark and him losing everybody he cares about in more ways than one. So that was a, a much more downer ending on on his part. Thor Ragnarok is supposed to be about the end of the world, and they keep just and I kept seeing them blast immigrant song while jokes are happening left and right. And hey, look, Mark Mark Ruffalo gets to actually act out being the Hulk, and a lot of the good stuff feels like it's being put through the quote unquote obligatory Marvel Cinematic Universe comedy ringer, which is weird because that style never really bothered me before when it came to Ant-Man or Doctor Strange, but here it actually worked against the movie, in my opinion. Well, that makes sense. I mean, again, like, compared to the first two Thor movies, and with the theme that was supposed to be in Ragnarok, it makes sense that this would be the one time the Marvel 
recipe of success actually works against it because this this should have yeah. been this should have been a Thor movie that was a little more serious. A little bit more serious. I mean, I was okay with, with Thor cracking jokes jokes here and there, and he, and once again, Kate Blanchett hamming it up as Hella. That was fine, but what? And Loki do, does have some good moments in the movie as well. It's just. It's just there. I'll say it again. There were just some weird scenes where there should have been a serious stuff going on, and then like, and then some a bit of slapstick comes out of nowhere, and it's like, really? Did you really need to put that in? That makes sense. So, since since you actually were seeing Thor Ragnarok, what's keeping you from seeing Justice League? Like, you you you, you don't <laughs> want to see that? Come on, don't do that. If, if if you really need to know, it's it's due to something else that we'll be talking about later on in the show. But it's because I do will not have the money at the time to go see it opening weekend, and I can't drag a victim, I mean friend, with me to see it with me, so I don't suffer alone. I mean, not be lonely. I mean, not suffer alone. So, I, I, I it's it's the kind of movie where I'm like, okay, I know I'm not going to see it because between Thor Ragnarok and this, there's only one other movie I do want to see. Uh, by the end of this year, and it's uh, the Disaster Artist, uh, the movie about the making of the Come on, room man. That's, with, uh, that, James, that's... with James Franco was Tommy Wiseau. Come on, man. That, that's something that should go straight to DVD or streaming. That's not something Dude, that should have been in theaters. No, man. No, I will. I will go to theaters to see this because when I first saw the movie The Room, it played on Adult Swim on April Fool's Day, and I want my gosh darn two hours back. But everybody, everybody knew it wasn't a good movie. You watch it because it's not a good movie. No, I didn't know this. No, no, no. Bit, bit of a background thing, people. I didn't even hear about the movie The Room until it assaulted my eyeballs. One April Fool's Day on midnight. I am not kidding. Oh man, that's that's great. That's that's great to any, know. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about the room, and, then, and it's it was like a train crash that kept going. Oh, you! I'm like, you, 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 I want to see that movie. I still haven't seen the room, and I want to. I did not hit her. I did not. I did oh, not hit her. Bullshit! Did not hit her. Did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> you know, I want to see this movie so bad. You know that scene where that's happening? That entire backdrop is green screen for no reason. You know, at all. I know. I thought it was like a fake set, and they painted the background. No, I thought they painted the background in. No, no, that's really expensive CG. Oh it, come it, on, that's not nice. That's a really expensive green screen effect. Oh. Like, you see, this is why I want to see the disaster arts because I'm trying to figure out what possessed this man, this Tommy Wiseau, to write, direct, produce. And star in this movie. What possessed him to make I'll, this? I'll like, have you know, like, this uh, man is an influencer. He makes me want to go out and do something like this. Just, 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 just for the heck of it. Just for the fun of it. Just because you can. And and, and for the inspiration element of it, that's why I want to see. Because you know, you know, you know, a bit of a, a bit of some heartfelt ambition is always nice to have. But then I found out how he got it done. Apparently, he's a very apparently Tommy Wiseau. The actual Tommy Wiseau is a very eccentric, reclusive billionaire. So the movie was made entirely out of his pockets because he basically wanted to, and because ever, and because he wanted to get the movie made, and everybody kept saying no, 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 this is dumb. He's like, all right, I'll make movie myself. I'll show you all, and it flopped so spectacularly, it became the stuff of legend that it is now. 
And on that on that premise alone, I want to see this movie because I want to see how James Franco pulls out his Tommy Wiseau, and I will gladly see this in theaters just to see him. <laughs> look, I, look, uh, like, like everybody else, I, I like I like James Franco. Everybody does. But the thing is, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think this is going to be the movie that 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 he should be doing. Like, yeah, okay, we get it. It, it was fun, but like, this is a cult. This is a cult classic. This is a cult hit for a reason. Like you do realize it's actually you do realize it's actually a passion project by Franco, right? He's I, 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 I know he years. wants to do this, but I'm sorry, it shouldn't be done. Franco, don't do this, man. Please don't do this. Like, You're saying Franco, no. I'm yelling Franco. Yeah, and I'm yes. saying Franco, no. Wait, is his brother involved in this too? Is is Dave in this? I I, I think Dave Franco does have a producer credit. Oh. I know he roped just. I know he roped Seth Rogen into oh, it. There's no roping. It's hey man, you want to do this? Yeah, uh, yeah, sure, oh, man, oh, I'll oh. do it. It's, it's oh, Seth yeah, Rogen. Yeah, like, those guys stood together like Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart now. Kevin Hart. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, did you see uh, the the whole Rampage movie is actually happening? That they have uh they have screenshots and everything for it. I'll hold my judgment until I see a teaser. Well, it's uh, Dwayne Johnson with a weapon and some giant silverback gorilla. So the uh, gorilla's in there. I just want to see if they're going to have a giant gator. Oh, yeah. Liz, the giant lizard girl. That's what I want to see. It's just like, are, they, are, okay. are you going King Kong with this? Like, how, how are you going to pull this off? Here's the thing. Here's the thing I do want to bring up because it was kind of one of those drop topics a while ago. Speaking of stuff that is popular, that's made by made by well-known celebrities that we didn't seem to really enjoy all that much. Wasn't there this really high-profile anime that came to Netflix that you saw and no. wanted to? Uh, come no, on, there wasn't. Oh, come, come on, on. no, please do, do this. Do it. All right, fine. We'll talk about Dot Hack. No, no, no. <laughs> Please don't do this. So, what did you think of of Neo Yoki? It was trash. Oh, it doesn't. It shouldn't exist. This makes people who <laughs> actually knows the thing too about anime hate anime. This would make you if if you want to be an animator or you want to do voice acting. This would make you hate both of them. This would make you want to give up on your dreams of ever even trying to get into the industry of animation and voice acting. I dislike Neo Yokio with a passion. So what's Neo Yokio about, Michael? Neo Yokio doesn't even know what it's about. <laughs> I don't Jeez. <laughs> it has like three or four story threads that it just throws around for some strange reason. Like one minute there's this whole storyline about becoming the most eligible bachelor, which our main character Kaz at like he doesn't care about it and he doesn't want to be the most eligible ba- bachelor. And then when his ranking goes uh, goes down, oh no, how did that happen? Oh man, I'm no longer number one. It's like, you don't care. Wait, why do you care all of a sudden? And then when he becomes number one, oh, the list is just a social construct. It shouldn't exist. You were just complaining 10 minutes ago about not being number one. It's really, the, 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 oh God. This movie, this- so what you're trying to tell me is, is that it's basically somebody trying to make an anime out of Jaden... Smith's Twitter persona and all of the inconsistent inanity that goes with it. Yes, but the thing is, sometimes Jaden Smith's Twitter nonsense can be quite entertaining. Neo Yokio is not. Until about close to the end of the season, which I think is like six or eight episodes, which I had to drag myself through all of them. 
But, um, yeah, one minute is all about this, this list of eligible bachelors. Oh, and by the way, he's an exorcist. He, oh, yeah, because, oh, yeah, because we're gonna have some action and some, and some energy blasts and some sweet fighting in there. Why yeah, not? and they drop that so hard. It's, it, it, they don't even revisit it. They bring up all this stuff that sounds like it should be lore, like his aunt owning a business of exorcism. They even, even in the beginning, they explain why there's exorcists and how they fit into this society, but they don't go anywhere with it. It's just there to be like, yeah, this is why he has superpowers. Just accept it. Okay. It sounds like an utterly unfocused grab bag of nonsense they just threw together. Man, they wrote down themes and then took a blow dart and just shot it and it missed everything that they had for it. It's like, oh, I guess we're doing them all. It, all right, I guess we're just doing we're just uh, all of them. And it's, and it's awful. I, I, they, I, did, I did also see some trailers for, for the show with some of the voice actors they have. They have some high profile names. They got freaking on Jude Law in there. And he's and they all sound bored, like they're just reading their lines. For Jude Law, it, it makes sense why he sounds bored at least because he's playing a robot that's not really supposed to have emotions. But mm, oh, you and I both know you and I both know that's not an excuse. I know, but I, I I at least accept that one. Jude Law's Butler robot mech thing was actually kind of cool, and like they even had a cool twist with the butler and i was like okay that's kind of cool oh that's it you're not gonna do anything with that it's just that one cool twist and that's it okay sure let's move on so so let's move on briefly i think to the backlash because uh <laughs> i think i mentioned this before we kind of got accosted by some super fans of neo yokio they're all over the place okay especially on twitter yeah. there are people who pretend like this is the greatest thing they've ever seen it's like oh you just don't get it you just don't understand it's like no it's Bad is badly so, so, animated. So the is badly told. The story pacing so, is horrible. So what you're trying to tell me is these guys are. So you're trying to tell me is these guys are either trolls or people with terrible taste or both. Uh, you know, I think there's a middle ground to where these people legitimately think is a good show. And you know, anything when it comes to anything entertainment is subjective. Just because we don't like something doesn't mean nobody else can like it. But these people will come up with, but, 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 they come up with excuses. But in this case, they're wrong and you're right. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's a horrible piece of junk. And this, and if you really do like anime, this will make you mad. And if you want to get to animation, this will make you want to quit. Um, but it's just some people honestly think like it's done like that on purpose because is it deeper meaning? Because it's trying to be satirical or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like, well, if that's true... That's not how satire works. Yeah, if, if, if that's true, then the show fails at being satire. Congratulations, you still prove it's a crappy show. Satire has a point. Yeah, and I thought the whole... I, not for the show. I thought the point was uh, eligible bachelors and how we put certain people on pedestals. And I thought, okay, if that's what you're going for, yeah, let's go with the social oh, commentary. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, also, I'm a, oh, also, I'm an extra, so we have robots, so when there's some um, uh, dragons which, and which, which, stuff. Which, which and... I was cool with, because I was like, okay, this keeps things interesting, and it's not just modern-day melancholy nonsense. It's like, no, this is actually futuristic. But, but uh, dear, we're beating it. I feel like we're beating a dead horse here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this whole show is just, <laughs> oh, God, if there's a second season, I will drag myself through it again. But I really hope there's no second season. I hope this show just dies off. But hey, we got a couple of memes out of it. Yay. Yeah, I was wondering where the heck all those Toblerone memes are coming yeah. from. Yeah. 
Like, what's the deal with the Toblerone? I actually have to ask now. What the hell's with the deal with the Toblerone? Okay, so this show puts product placement. This 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 show puts EA's product placement to shame. We'll get to it. At the oh no 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 no! I'm not talking about that. I'm talking. We'll get to it at the end. Keep, go back to the no no no. Run. That's what I'm talking about. This is this is this. It's all relevant. It's, it puts EA's product placement in their games to shame because out of nowhere they would just spout out luxury items like like well, I'm not gonna say Toblerones is a luxury item. Oh, no, but sorry. they they come up with Louis Vuitton, all these different perfumes and these different suits and shoes. I'm talking about name, real world name brand luxury name items. Brands. And the Toblerone happened because Cass brought it to a friend to make her feel better about something, and then took it away. It was like you don't deserve this big Toblerone. And yeah, that is that is terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 awful. And the show is like that. Where they tried to uh, protect a friend or something, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we have this Louis Vuitton bag. Oh, what bag is that? It's Louis Vuitton. Good choice. Thanks. Like, what? What is going on? What is what this? Is- I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna stop right there. I think we kind of get the point. But this this sounds like an aborted idea for a prolonged sequence in an, in an episode of the boondocks man the boondocks wouldn't even touch this snl wouldn't touch these as a skit mad mad tv wouldn't touch, uh, is that still on the air i don't care but, but <laughs> okay so okay so we've, okay so we've gotten that bit of unfinished business out of the way and you brought this up so i guess i will briefly kind of mention this um i got a lot of, i got a lot of anime in my uh, backlog and Whenever I do find, whenever I do find some time, I do do try to nibble on some episodes here and there. But because of that, I'm starting to go towards more short, you know, you know smaller increment size uh, series, stuff like uh, Erased or Madoka Magica, where it's like 10, 12 episodes, and I can you know you know take care of that, and I'd be done with it. I'm, I'm trying to get through. <laughs> I'm trying to get through One Piece. That's not going to happen. I've accepted this. It's not going to happen. But Recently, um, um, Namco, uh, Bandai Namco, or Namco Bandai, whoever, uh, celebrated the 15th anniversary of, uh, of the series Dot Hack, which everybody has told me is one of those highly influential series that people really like. It's really popular, and it was really cool at the time because it was, it was trying to be a multimedia plot where it, where its story was told through, through anime, JRPGs, manga, you know, it, it was it was basically the experiment of doing a multimedia um, um, storytelling thing, and people really loved it back when it came out in 2002. But you know, I was an angry little boy back in 2002, and I didn't want to deal with all that because I was hopped up on, you know, Dragon Ball, Yu Yu Hakusho, Roni Kenshin, all this sort of stuff. Didn't bother with it, and you know, and then I found that the DVDs are like difficult to come by, and the JRPGs are like collector's items, so. You know, there was no way in hell for me to watch that. But then I found out the the series Dot Hack Sign, which was which was you know the start, you know you know the beginning, uh, came out on Crunchyroll and Funimation now, along with I think another series. But you know that I'll get to that when I get to that. And I found it was a tw- it was it's a twenty six episode series. So Michael, what what uh, what have you heard anything about Dot Hack? Dude, I used to watch that cat when I was a teenager, and it was like one of the coolest things ever. And then I got sick of it because it started dragging on. 
are, are you putting are you pulling my leg no really i used to love dot hack like i really got into it, it was it was at a time where like i was really into like the whole cyber thing with everybody and uh and, yeah and that, yeah, and Dot Hat was one of those cool things like, oh, you're part of this virtual world and stuff. And I thought it was really cool, but it kept dragging on. And when they started changing things about the show, that's when I stopped watching. And I can't remember what they changed, to be honest. The thing is that I've watched it. I'm, I think I'm like episode 21 right now as of this recording. And it's really strange because a lot of the stuff they talk about when it comes to gaming, gaming community, reality and the like... Some of it's aged well, some of it really hasn't. I think mostly because they couldn't have predicted the boost of social media and the blending of of online identity and real identity that is much more fluid now in, in 2017 compared to what it was in 2002. But I, I'm actually kind of digging this, the show. Like, at first, for me, the first couple of episodes were like, okay, okay, can we pick this up, please? And then, like, Episode seven, it started picking up, and I'm like, "Oh gosh, wow, okay, um, okay, you have my attention now." And <laughs> now it's finally, you know, hitting the ground running, and it's keeping my attention. And I, and I doubt that the twelve year old me would have really gone into it too much at the time because most of it's dialogue, most of it is just you know wide shots, and I really wasn't as immersed in MMO gamer culture, so it would have just seemed really, really weird to have these people in these fantastic outfits and these big fantasy worlds just talking about life <laughs> instead of going around fighting monsters and, you know, and getting treasure. So I'm like, what? Yeah, Dot Hack has always been one of those slow burn kind of enemies. And I think I think that's but, been why I liked it but, because, but, but, but it's but it's a good but it's a good but it's a good slow burn. No, no, like, no, it, it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah, story. it is, and you get to know the characters a lot more than a lot of animes oh, which yeah. you uh, get used to. Which I think is why I didn't care for the newer ones because they got rid of the characters I liked. Well, that's the bigger thing for me. Like uh, I've mentioned this before, that anime does like its dialogue, and they do like to keep things uh, animation minimum, and you know, which is why the more high end uh, anime blow a lot of money on an, on animation quality because they want to do a lot of action sequences in order to, you know, keep you entertained. But this show kept it kept it much more low end. And for me, that was a smart call because I really like these characters. Like every single time I thought I I found a character I didn't like, another episode came around, I learned more about them and I'm like, crap, I actually understand them now. I can't just hate them on principle. I mean I could, but I'd be a dick about it. Like, uh, like, like, like Mimiru, like Mimiru, Bear, I love the hell out of Bear. BT, I thought was, a, I thought was, a, was, a, was a bit of a jerk. And then I found, then I found, oh, okay, that's how she is. That makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, the thing, yeah, the, the thing is, uh, the show really makes you want to pay attention, or they, it should make you want to pay attention to characters, because everybody's backstory usually comes around, and you find out, yeah. oh, okay, so this person's this way, or they had to do that. And I don't know if the newer ones kept with that trend. I I know for a fact that they have they've re-released uh, the Dot Hack GU PS2 games on PS4, and I know they also have the sequel anime Dot Hack Roots on Crunchyroll. But I'll get to that when I get to that. But I think for me the weakest part of the of the show is the character of Sukasa, who is the main character. For those who have not seen the show, somehow. 
it's basically an isekai setup. You know, a person gets trapped in the fantasy world, but the twist is that it's a it's it's set in the world of a virtual MMO called the world, and the major and the main character Sukasa has somehow become is somehow trapped inside this virtual world. Except it's not virtual to him; it's real. He feels everything, senses everything, and he's trapped, and he can't lock out. Everything else is still business as usual, and it's a big old mystery story as to how this happened to him, why it happened to him, and it brings up it brings up intrigue about the creation of the worlds, you know, you know, possible you know explanations as to what could have happened. It's a big old boil of intrigue and mystery and insight about that. And for me, Sukasa hasn't aged all that well. I mentioned before this the series start, started came out around two thousand two. And he had a very serious case of early 2000s emo syndrome, as I like to call it, where the character is very clearly emotionally distant due to some grand trauma or some grand horrific event that happened to him, but they drag it out because because it's supposed to because it's lingering all the intrigue of oh what happened to this person I want to hold on to him he is so nice you know he's so moody and I'm like he, he, I I don't it's probably because I don't have the patience as much as I used to anymore but. It's a character trope that I'm not exactly uh, uh, doesn't work on me as much anymore. But even that slowly eroded over time because of what was going on in the series. So it's a nitpick, but it's been slowly being it's slowly being worked out. So uh, no, I was saying so. Are you wait? Did they have it like uh, Dragon Ball Kai and just like have it one big continuous one? Or do they also do like fillers and stuff? There were a couple episodes where there were where there was a bit of filler where it was mostly just characters talking and knowing more about them. And I think that did lead to a bit of a pacing issue where they're clearly building up to something, but you kind of forget about certain stuff because they don't mention as much. And they and this show does use a gratuitous a bit amount of flashbacks when it comes to the later episodes to make sure you're caught up. But I think that's more of an issue of syndication at the time, because, you know, binge media wasn't a big thing at the time. As I said, it clearly shows its age in a lot of spots, but I'm willing to look past a lot of it. Also, I'm not going to say it right now, the, the, uh, the definition of the streaming quality of the video isn't all that good. It's, it's clear they basically took the, the original 480p standard definition DVD quality of the show and basically just put that up as is. It looks kind of grainy on a big screen TV. It, does, it looks kind of wavy whenever they do tracking shots. And I've actually had like a few episodes where where the quality actually like glitches out, like 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 the DVD rip was of was of a poor quality or something. So I'm willing to accept that as product of its time, but it's still a noticeable pro- problem. So they just re-released the actual file. They they didn't actually go back and like. Touch yeah, it touch up, it up, yeah. recode, and and it's kind of weird because a lot of uh, a lot of anime shows are doing that, especially when it comes to like uh, Blu-ray and streaming. They just go ahead and they they touch up colors and animations. Uh, that, that, that's actually, that's actually what I was thinking. I was hoping, okay, didn't they? When they use the Blu-ray quality, I'm like, oh, they haven't released it on Blu-ray yet. They're probably working on it. And part of me wants to be okay with it because it does kind of add to it in some respect. But that's just me being a snob. But that's basically been my anime media diet. It's been you know, you know in between me working my way through Dragon Ball Super and you know waiting outside, you know, waiting outside waiting for me for the next arc of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to start. Like a poor orphan boy. Nobody, <laughs> wait, oh jeez. Oh, All right, well, Mister JoJo, 
Uh, have you, have you, please, 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 Rocky Sama, make more Jojo. <laughs> have you, uh, have you been watching Dragon Ball Super? I have, but I think our comment on that show will have to wait for a while because we've put it off for a while. It's about well, time. Let's talk about let's it. Let's do this. So, uh, EA, Electronic Arts, one of the bigger names in video game publishers today. They are going to be publishing a new game that you all should be very familiar with. Star Wars Battlefront 2, because Disney thought it would be a great idea to give exclusive publishing published license rights to this studio. And how well, well sure has EA, that been turning out? I'm, I'm sure EA has put in a great deal of money for that exclusive deal. And let's face it, when you spend billions of dollars on a franchise, you don't say no to anything that's a guaranteed pay. So... I don't, oh, especially especially with how much Disney paid George Lucas for the Star Wars license to begin yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. When you when you spend over a billion dollars for something like that, you don't just say, oh, no, we're going to do a license for everybody." It's like, "No, no, wait. You want to pay half a billion? Yeah, sure. We already we're already making money back from." Uh, but part but part of me wants to say Disney should really consider maybe uh, renegotiating or just saying no and taking their toys back because wait why would they well, uh, man no don't make me defend this okay you know I, I'm, I'm, because the ahead. reception well because the reception I'm building up something Michael don't you cut me off <laughs> sorry everybody because the reception of Star Wars Battlefront two developed by the very lovely and talented people people over at Dice has been has been has been getting the greatest level of violence that vitriol backlash I have seen from any game this year. And let me tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of it is justified. Michael, I'm going to take the floor for a minute and tell you because I've been digging when it comes to just how badly this has gotten. Please, by all means. And I want to lay out and I want to lay out the groundwork for how we came here. You know, you know, feel free to play Teenage Wasteland over this if that makes you feel any better. Okay. So, the original Star Wars Battlefront, not the original original that Pandemic made that was awesome. We're talking about the one that was released in, two, that was, that was released in 2015 got a bit of criticism because it was multiplayer only and sold at full price with a $50 season pass. EA admitted they pushed the game out in order to make make it release around the same time as Star Wars The Force Awakens. You know, that really good Star Wars movie that people like to be contrarian about now, back in 2015. And so they announced, okay, this time when we make Battlefront 2, we're going to do better. And of course everybody said, sure, whatever, we'll believe it when we see it. And, you know, time ticked on. Then... They announced the, the plan was for Star Wars Battlefront 2. They first said, okay, we're actually going to have a single-player campaign this time around, and it's going to be treated as official canon. Like, it's going to be part of the new Star Wars mythos with new characters and new conflicts set after Episode 6. So people, so the fanboys, myself included, are like, ooh, I'm excited. Then they said, oh, yeah, also the multiplayer and everything, we're going to take from all eras this time, not just the original trilogy like the, la- like the last game. We're going to do the prequels. We're going to do the original trilogy. We're going to do the new stuff from The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi. We're going to have more hero characters. We're going to have more vehicles. We're going to have more maps. We're going to have more modes. Also, we're not going to have a $50 season pass. 
we're going to make all future DLC content free because we want you to because we want to retain our player base. And everybody was like, yes, yes, please, more, yes. And of course, the cynical people in the background are going, wait a minute, what's the catch? And then it was revealed when it came to their public beta, which happened earlier this year, what the catch was. Micro transactions. <laughs> yep. They had to be that the multiplayer for the game would revolve around loot boxes. Those deliciously controversial loot boxes. And the, and the idea behind it is that you'd grind up and get credits, which you'd use to pay, you know, buy loot boxes, which would randomly give you better weapons, uh, experience boosts, or special equipable items called star cards that would give you boosts to whatever class of character you have. Now, people thought in theory, okay, that's fine, I guess. Call of Duty does a similar system with their recent games. That's probably fine, you know, as long as they do it right. And then the beta hit. The beta hits. I was a part of it. And for the record, my first impressions, I thought, I thought the beta was fantastic. I thought the gameplay at a fundamental level was a, a massive update, a massive improvement. And then I found out that the beta was hilariously unbalanced in terms of loot boxes. Because the star cards you could get could give you boosts like every time you kill somebody, you regain all of your health back. Or every single time you activate a super ability, you're invulnerable. Or every time you sneeze in the general direction, five people will spontaneously combust. I'm exaggerating the last one. But it was blatant, it was very blatant, random RNG pay to win. And people were very vocal about this, to the point where EA said, okay, we're changing this system. We are changing this now so we have a proper progression system where you can't just immediately get epic level star cards. You can't just, you know, you know, buy a bunch of loot boxes and get a bunch of extra stuff. You have to hit certain levels and restrictions and the like in order to, you know, give it a better sense of progression. So that happened for a while. And then advanced uh, advanced uh, copies of the game started coming out. Advanced copies of the game started coming out for the press, and they got a chance to look at this new system and thought, oh, hey, this is actually half, not half bad. They had to be that you had to unlock certain heroes by getting a certain number amount of credits. There were certain items that just couldn't be bought. There was sort of a crafting system that you had to work up to, and it all seemed to make sense. <laughs> Here's the problem, though. The build of the game that was sent over to the games press was not the version that was going to come to retail. It was very... It was actually... <laughs> they were basically lying. They basically give a version to give a version to the to the press to get them to positively hype the game. And then when it came to uh, customers that bought the game uh, through EA Origin Access on Xbox One or PC, they got their version of the retail version of the game and found out that the prices prices for the heroes were, a, were much more cranked up. They couldn't earn credits nearly as much, so it turned into a big old slog. And Despite there being restrictions, you could still pump like twenty, thirty dollars to give or take it into loot boxes, and get and get an immediate unfair advantage with various heroes, and basically just stop the and just stop the competition without trying at all. Instead of you know rather than be a person that plays a video game like a freaking video game, and of course people were really pissed, especially since those people who bought the pre-bought the game on EA Access and on Origin, the uh, storefronts decided to hide the refund button. 
So if you wanted to get your money back for getting noticeably ripped off, <laughs> you had to basically go to war with the people, with the poor, poor soul and customer support. And after all this backlash, Dice has been playing as a playing damage control, where they're saying, "Okay, we're going to tweak the cost of the heroes a bit more, and we're going to." quote-unquote, make it easier to get credits. Like, we're going to have a mode where you can earn credits by playing offline, and you can earn credits by finishing the single-player campaign. Except that you can't just earn credits offline because there's a cooldown timer, because apparently they weren't told this wasn't a mobile game. This was a $60 full-price AAA game on consoles and PCs. Cooldown timers, for heaven's sake. And they even changed how many credits you unlock by finishing the campaign to make the changes of costs basically negligible like it got here's how bad it got in order for you to get the privilege to play as luke skywalker or darth vader during a match like just being able to unlock them it would cost you sixty thousand credits and some smart cookies on reddit as part you know the origin of this outrage calculated that based on your luck that would mean you have to blow north of 260 dollars of loot on loot boxes to even remotely get as many credits as it would be needed to do that, and that's and and I'm I'm talking about just buying quote unquote crystals, which are the premium currency to try to get to try to get these these characters. Basically, to summarize all this, every conceivable business decision you could possibly make to piss off your customers and make them feel like they're walking wallets on legs. You basically did here, was done here. Hundreds of dollars for the possible chance of getting major characters in an online system where it clear, where it clearly you know pays off to be a buyer rather than a player. And the studio wants, and the studio is trying desperately to change that and say, "Don't worry, we're going to make it better now." Basically, gaslighting the community community into accepting whatever they make being even re- remotely better than this as good instead of less terrible. And it's made me really angry because for the sake of review at thegamefanatics.com, I'm going to have to step into the swamp of utter terribleness and give my opinion as as divorced from all these wretched findings as I possibly can. But Michael, you are not beholden to this. Tell me, you've been playing Battlefront 2. Yeah, man, don't make me defend this. Please make me defend this. There's no defending us. I'm no, I I'm, I can't even play devil advocates with this one. This is getting ridiculous. It's out of hand. Uh, the point that yeah. you can't play arcade without a cooldown. You, yeah. I don't know. Like this is pay to win. I know people love saying that anytime a loot box is involved, but it's system at all. Yeah, but this yeah. is legitimately pay to win. You buy those cards. And in fact, you, you you can craft the cards that you want, which is kind of cool because they have they have they have low cost craft. But the point that is so bad that there's a daily login loot box. This is not a full price game. This is a play, this is a this is a free to play loot box system. Daily logins, yeah. cooldowns. These loot boxes are getting out of hand. It's so bad that it's even in. Other EA games that we'll probably talk about another date. I don't, I don't, I don't, if we even feel like doing it. Um, yeah. And the worst part is Battlefront 2 is far better than Battlefront 1. It's 
legit. It's actually kind of a fun game. It's still kind of trash to me. It didn't need this. It, 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 it absolutely did not. Like, this is being hampered by these loot boxes, which it could have had the loot box system in there. Maybe it, it, it could have been like more like Overwatch. You start off with just a plain trooper, and as you advance, you get new colorizations for your trooper. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's the class base actually works this time around, and the point that everybody has their own certain type of weapons, that's fine. Like they even made playing an officer fun somehow. Like, like, no matter who you pick, everybody has a role that can turn the title battle. But, yeah, um, the point that two characters that everybody wants to play, Vader and Luke, are locked behind ridiculous milestones. A paywall. Y- yeah, and it, it, it says you can... It's, it's a paywall. Yeah, they say you can unlock them through a milestone, but it's never clear how you unlock them. How do I, unlo- how do I unlock General, uh, General uh, Leia? No idea. This character is locked. Okay. Somehow, I don't know how, but I have a level 5 Leia? That I haven't even unlocked yet. I don't understand how this system works. <laughs> That's the other bigger insult, though, I found from this whole thing. I've looked at this system. Once again, I've not played the game myself, but it looks like it's needlessly convoluted and op- and vague just to pressure you to pay more. Oh, you, oh my goodness, it is. It's so vague that sometimes the little in-menu help screen nonsense that's supposed to like a tutorial points you towards the loot boxes like hey you can buy crystals to buy loot boxes it's like no what get out yeah uh, no don't you shouldn't have to say that i know the loot box is there i open it every time i turn on the game because of my daily login or whatever your daily reward or whatever yeah so it's like you really did and the worst thing is it didn't tell me that at the beginning it waited until i played like a few games and then it reminded me about the loot box like come on this Stop this. Just stop doing it. And getting credits in order to get the loot boxes? It's ridiculous. It takes a long time. And the, but, the most... Oh, 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 but you can save up the credits. Just buy what you want. I mean, you, you, you could. I just saved up credits. Um, The most expensive loot box... There's only three of them. There's the trooper, the hero, and the fighter. The starfighter. Uh, starfighter loot box? Useless. Never open that. There's only like 2,000-something credits. Somehow... The hero box is only 2,000 credits because, hey, most of the heroes, some of the heroes, like, a few of the heroes are locked away anyhow. Um, but the trooper box, the one that they know you're going to be playing the most, is 4,000 credits. Oh. And you really got to save up for those boxes. Yeah, like for the record, like by playing a single match, you maybe you can maybe get three hundred four, maybe maybe four hundred credits if you're lucky. I mean, if, if you can dominate, you can yeah, you can you can get a good chunk of credits. But if you're the majority of the players like me, you walk you walk away with like between twenty to a hundred credits, maybe. Yeah, maybe if if that. And oh, don't don't worry though. Some loot boxes they have credits in them. So you can get some of your credits back, yay! No, yay. no. But they have crafting parts where you can craft cards that you actually want, which I will give the game at least the crafting price is pretty low. I I wouldn't even give it that because everything else that's been described with the game is that, as you said, it is a textbook example of a of a free to play marketplace of a free to play economy 
of a free-to-play business model and psychological tactics for a multiplayer-focused, you know, hero, you know, competitive game, but it's still being marketed and pushed as that in a fully priced sixty dollar game by an acclaimed publish by a famous publisher. Let me let me clarify that famous or infamous publisher by a professional developer in the AAA game industry being sold to the mass market on the Star Wars license. And that's why they think they can get away with it. It's because they have Star Wars slapped on the front of it. If this was any of their other games, with the exception of Madden FIFA. They probably wouldn't get away with this. I'm talking about you, Need for Speed. You're not getting away with that. Madden can get away with it with their ultimate team. And FIFA can get away with it with their ultimate team because people like digital trading cards. I don't know. But with something like Star Wars, this is ridiculous. This is not something that should be acceptable. And you know what? I really do hope that EA really does take a beating for this. Because I've seen, see, oh. there, there have been people who actually canceled their pre-orders. Or tried, at least. <laughs> have, have, have somebody actually not been able to cancel their pre-order? I told you before the no, game. No, 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 no. You said refund. I thought you were talking about, like, people like me who has EA access and Origin and tried it out. And it's like, nope. Yes. Oh, so, yes. okay, so so it's yeah. those people. No, no, I'm talking about people who have Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, people who bought the game on Origin, you know, got Origin early access so they could play so they could play a bit early. It's like, oh my God, this is terrible. Right. I, I, want, I, want, I want to get my money back. I want to cancel my pre-order. It's like, nope, can't find the refund. Yeah, right, right. I was talking about people who haven't played it yet. Like A, a, a lot of those people have gotten, have gotten refund. The ones who played it, yeah, EA has this very arbitrary uh, rule where, like, if you start playing, they kind of don't want to give you a refund anyway. So the only way you're going to get a refund is if you don't play your game. But um, there yeah. is, That is something else I want to mention because there is an element of the game that you have played that nobody else ha- – that I really can't get a full extension of because they mentioned, mentioned this is supposed to be a single-player campaign in this game now. Uh, how much have you? How much ever have you played? And can you give us a bit of your first impressions? Okay, so EA Access slash Origin only allows you to play a very tiny piece of the single player. They know what you're there for. They know they know you can probably finish the single player within those ten hours they give you. That game, the the, the single player so far, is terrible. It's just lame. It's boring. This new Inferno Squad. It's so by the numbers ridiculous. Uh, you have one agent who falls orders, no questions asked. You have another one who's a sniper who you barely see because well, he's a sniper. And then you play Ida, Ida, whatever the hell her name. Yeah, Ida. Uh, you yeah. play her, and she sounds like it, it, when she begins, she's like this rough, tough soldier who's all for the empire. But she says things that other characters like. That sounds like treason, but they let it go because it's her, I guess. It's because she has an arc. She's going to have second thoughts. I, I mean, that's that's my prediction. Yeah. But the game, the, the or the e access that I have, they only let you play the first three missions. The pro, the prologue, and the, and this and this campaign is maybe four or five hours long, given certain people's assessments. So yeah, and maybe, and not to mention, I finished those three missions. And still had over nine hours left of my trial. So this was basically, so this was basically, quote unquote, the first hour or so <laughs> of the campaign. Yeah, you, you, I just blew right. I, so about a fifth. Yeah, you blew right through. 
you can blow right through these missions. And I'm just assuming the other missions are going to be just like that. I think there's uh about 12, 11 or 12 uh, missions. And if Yikes. they're as short as those first three, then yeah. You're, bas- you're basically done. And this is kind of amazing because I remember when I actually had to review Star Wars The Force Awakens 2. And I, th- and I thought, oh my gosh, how could the Star Wars... Uh, at the time, I couldn't imagine a more offensive use of the Star Wars license. This is This is just... This is creeping up on there, and this is off a of reputation alone. So that is meep. Yeah, this one, this one, they don't. I, look, I don't want to say they don't try, but it's dice. Dice has never been good with single players. The only single player that I can name that I actually enjoyed from them was uh, Bad Company Two. Other than that, they can't. They they're a multiplayer company. They know how to make fun multiplayer shooters. Single player, not their biggest strength, and this shows it in numbers. It, they it, okay, so the story takes place with this. With, I, I I I know it happens after Return of the Jedi, after the second Death Star. Blows yeah, yeah, up. yeah. It goes with the second Death Star, but they 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 and try. It's, and it's, it's it's from the perspective of these Inferno Squad Imperial soldiers that are, I'm guessing, trying to keep the Empire together by doing uh, attacks on the rebels or something yeah something like that i mean it's okay it's, it's so shoehorned in to the actual star wars saga it doesn't really matter because they do things that doesn't really make sense like there's a messenger uh that's draped in red and we've seen these kind of characters before like oh those are the vanguards the guardians those are the super badasses that can go up against the jedi the red guard yeah, yeah. like no 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 it's just a robot that on the, that has a screen that shows. This is the last will and testament. This is the last will and testament of Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, it's go and get go, go and kill the bastard that killed me. Yeah, Goodbye. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. It's like I don't. <laughs> maybe it's just me. I don't remember that being in the Star Wars at all. But then again, you know, it's Star Wars. You can add in anything. Creative license. I'm willing to accept it. Creative license. Huge universe. Yeah, yeah. I was fine with that. Yeah. But the thing is, Palpatine sent that message when. Because from the dialogue, it was like, so was this already the mission? Because this mission didn't happen to after the destruction of the Death Star. So what is Pal- this Palpatine place? Is such a sch- Palpatine is such a schemer, though. I bet you it's like one of his contingencies. Like, like, like if you're listening to this, the, ch- the chances are I was I was mauled death by pie-jacks. Yeah, I was. If you're listening, if you're listening to this, chances are the Death Star blew up in my face because I sneezed and Force Lightning went down the tube. If yeah, you're I don't to know. This, the Death Star's blown up, and it's... my apprentice Darth Vader turned against me. <laughs> if you listen to this, the Rebel Alliance somehow discovered our plans and blew to pieces. Here, your directions to. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm and like it's weird because the first multiple ways that that could have yeah, and, and the thing wrong. is, the first mission, the prologue, is you destroying a message that was supposed to go to the uh to to the rebels so i don't know it's so weird i i i i don't like what i've seen so far and the missions are so boring uh, i don't it's just i don't like infernal squad already fair enough so based off of so we made perfectly clear that the single player campaign feels underwhelming the multiplayer is a hot mess, and everything from the hype, the backlash, the addressing of the backlash, and the crowd control up to release 
has been an absolute circus. Do you know anybody that's not immersed in games media press as we are that is still going to pick this game up at launch? I, you know, I, I don't. I don't know anybody who's willing to pick this up, especially after the beta and we've seen all the loot box nonsense. But I, uh, I'm sure there's still people out there. I've seen people who are pretty high level, like level 15 and whatnot in the game. So somebody's grinding through this. But, um, to be honest, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. If, if somebody does pick it up, I want, I want to meet them and speak with them and see how they feel about all this. I'll talk to you on Friday then. It, oh, you, you, you have a different reason. You, you, yours is work purpose. No, I want somebody who's picking this up simply because they think this is going to be fun. I don't mind the loot boxes. I don't mind the changes. I want to <laughs> talk to that person. I don't mind the loot boxes. This is perfectly fine. It's just cosmetic. No, it's not cosmetic! Well, you guys are just mad because you're wanna... broke. I can take my mommy's credit card and just buy anything I want. Hey, mom! No, don't tell my mommy! Yeah, like, I, I, I can only imagine, like, a bunch of Eric Cartmans. Mom, I want this game. I want these loot boxes. Now, now, Poopsikins, you can't have my credit card again. I'm, I'm still paying off the last three. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, like, all I can imagine when it comes to these stupid loot boxes. But, uh, how do you, uh, how do you go through this? How can anybody simply look at this and say, I'm okay with the industry going this route? This is, this, like I said before, this is probably the most, this is probably the biggest controversy, the biggest blow up I've seen out of this industry in the past year. Uh, just this, just this year alone. And it is draining. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna put on a front, I'm not going to keep calm and carry on. This had me screaming. This had me actually looking at my, my computer screen while typing something up and just, ah! non-stop because when EA actually you know is you know tied down and properly and probably properly medicated they can publish some good games let some good talent you know breathe but this is just terrible every single bad decision making every single anti-consumer action you could possibly take about this they have pulled off and this is before even bringing up other things that have have have, have influenced it, like the uh, the backlash involving Need for Speed Payback using a similar system, or the shuttering of Visceral because of, of Visceral Games because they couldn't monetize their Star Wars game, whatever the heck that means in this day and age. Or as I mentioned before, Boogie discovering um uh, the timer cooldowns and the arcade mode of uh, of of the game. Everything you can imagine happening with this is just such a screw you. Honestly, the only thing that the only reason why I'm I know this is not going to be the end of the industry is <laughs> we've had a fantastic year of games. This back half's been pretty terrible, but EA's statement for for doing all this is that they keep saying that single player games aren't successful anymore and will not make money back and will not bring revenue in. This is the future. Deal with it. And yet, this entire year, we have had some of the best, well-made single-player campaign, single-player focused games this year that have gone not only to be profitable but to make money hand over fist. They've saved studios. Near Automata sold millions of copies. Sold, 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 I think like like 1.4 million copies, something like that. That pulled Platinum Games out of going out of business. 
they're they're around because of that Resident Evil Seven revitalized uh, the Resident Evil franchise, and Capcom came back came back slowly back from the, from the depths. Persona Five, a fantastic JRPG that's that's keep that's keeping the lights on over at Sega. Super Mario Odyssey and Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild making money hand over fist for Nintendo, being absolute smash hits for the for the Switch. Don't forget Cuphead. <sighs> Cuphead me like a million yes, copies yes. within a week. Oh my a god! Week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cuphead. That's another great example because that because that developer clearly basically went bankrupt trying to get that art style just right for that game, and it's paid off in spades for them. Yeah, well, it, 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 it did help that they had Microsoft backing them, but still, the point is that game got delayed so much that usually when a game like that, people just lose faith in it. But no, yeah. it was still, and people were like, oh, Xbox have no games. Nobody buys those kind of games on Xbox. It's so, I mean, it's also on PC. It's so simple. Yeah, it's on both PC and, and Xbox. But still, the point is, is co- and it's couch co-op, by the way. Another thing that's dying yeah. out. And it's sold that, a that, million. That, it's, it's, another thing the studio, it's another thing the studios keep saying is dying out because online's where it's at. And it's hanging in there. Yeah, and people, love cuphead it's it's not like a one-off thing like people are still streaming it people are still playing it i mean people still call it the dark souls but that's whatever Uh, but yeah it it, it's sold a million in a week and i i don't understand doesn't ea have like this indie project nonsense that they're doing but yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch that get axed soon because because there's some 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 sort of quota. Oh, don't also forget about another certain major game that came out that everybody's freaking loving. That people are saying it's great. It's a first-person shooter and it's got a single-player campaign and nothing else right now. Wolfenstein 2: The New Colossus. That's doing well. People are loving the hell out of that. What are you trying to say that if you make a fun single-player, you don't need multiplayer? I don't believe you. There's plenty of arguments against what EA has been pitching, and they had to do it this year alone. The nominations for the Game Awards 2017 sits right now at Persona 5, Super Mario Odyssey, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. One of those five games is online multiplayer-focused with streamers, with streamers making it, putting into mega popular. The rest of them single player focused experiences. I rest my case. <laughs> and I mean, we can only hope that no other. In, I mean, Activision EA is going to be the worst with this. That's a given. Oh yeah. Oh, so, oh yeah. Let's just hope the rest of the industry doesn't follow suit because it's already bad on mobile so, games. Sony, Sony is still, Sony is still beginning, still ready to publish that new God of War, and uh, they released that expansion pack for Horizon Zero Dawn. So I doubt that's gonna that's gonna be coming from them anytime soon. Yeah, and uh, I really hope that this isn't the be all that we're gonna see more people because we already know that CD Projekt Red hates this 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 nonsense that's going on right now. They're they're dedicated yeah. to just making good campaign games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they did dabble in that system at one point, but it was for a it was for the free to play Gwent. Yeah, see, that makes sense. That's Gwent. That's battle cars and all that. That already fits the theme. But yeah. like, yeah. when you just take it out it's of a, a free, it's a it's it's a free to play CCG Hearthstone made made it work. Why the hell not? Right, like with certain games like that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. You buy cars in real life. I mean, you're gonna want to buy digital ones too. You're still playing it, but. And the thing is, at least when it's online, you're guaranteed to play with other people. Unlike me and my card games, still so lonely. But um, <laughs> but yeah, those work. That's fine. 
EA, if they wanted to make a Star Wars Battlefront card game, okay, that's fine. Release that, put that as part of the game. Why don't you just do that? If you want to make it a free to play element, just put the battle card game as part of the main one. I don't understand why they do this. Well, I mean, okay, I think that I I do understand. The only way I could even remotely see this even coming close to being positive um, uh, crowd control is if they just said flat out, either two things should happen for me, them. Either A, they strip out the mic of the loot boxes entirely. I know this is very pie in the sky. They rip out the loot boxes entirely, go to a traditional progression system, and just do a season pass. I'm being serious on this. They do a season pass like before. People buy, people buy it. So they release the maps. You know, they you know, bundle the maps and stuff. They're going to do predetermined, and they just keep that as it is. Wouldn't it be great if because, this was just some? Because I was going to say, because, because, no, go ahead. Be, hear me out. Because theoretically, that would theoretically for the more compulsive or gambling prone players, they would actually save money. Once again, north of 200, 200 bucks to maybe get a chance to play as Luke Skywalker instead of maybe $50 to get maps and heroes and stuff and, oh yeah, you, you just play the game normally, just get Luke and Darth Vader or a more possible reasonable thing, they keep the system as it is in its entirety, but they just rip the band-aid off and make Battlefront 2 free to play. Keep, 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 your, keep your predatory insultingly manipulative loot box pay to win system but make it free to play let the whales indulge your coffers and let the and let the community run its course with that and after the, and after you made all that money you exit and try again now that's I know that's very cynical on my part that's only way I can even imagine this even remotely reaching some level of compromise, because otherwise this is still a fundamental system that fundamentally is trying to screw a, a bunch of player, a bunch of consumers out of their cash that have already paid up front for an experience that they are more or less entitled to because of, you know, the benefits of a, of a capitalist market. You know, pay what you know, get what you pay for. Yeah, maybe. But I was gonna say this would be great if this is a ploy by EA. To try to get people to accept season passes. <laughs> Within, the next, <laughs> Within the next game, they're like, hey, no more loot boxes, just season passes. And people are like, yeah, I'll just spend this $150 to get a season pass rather than microtransactions. Like, if this is their ploy. And on that depressing note, I think we'll leave it there for this episode of that random Tell podcast. me that wouldn't be great. That would be the best marketing. I mean, it would be horrible, but yeah, I could see that being a great thing. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. If, if they if they if they pulled that off, I think I would actually drive all the way all the way to California. Go go right into Electronic Arts' uh, board director's room, run in and just punch every member of the board. Just you know, call just 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 freaking just speed just speed back. Just ah, go through everybody, flip them all the bird, and then just drive off and never explain myself. And they did that. Would be better than microtransactions, huh? Huh? If you want to follow, if you if you want to follow me on my on on other bits of social media, whenever we're not doing this show, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Rahu, capital D, capital R, all one word. I also do still write stuff at CyberTavern.blogspot.com. It's a bit slow. It's been a very busy season recently. And of course, you can follow my reviews and my news coverage at TheGameFanatics.com. Michael, where can we follow you? Well, if you pay a fee, you can follow me on Twitter at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. And if for some strange reason you can't find me there, it's because you did not unlock Zaphmod. 
But don't worry, you can also find me on Twitch with ZephMod1 and on Mixer at ZephMod. Yeah, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to bid you adieu till the next episode of That Random Pod. If you want to purchase the finale to this episode of That Random Podcast Show, please try out the That Random Podcast Show finale loot box bundle coming free with... (laughs) 